This is the Joyful Weight Loss Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Wells, MD. Listen in each week, and I'll share from science and scriptures that encourage you in how to cultivate healthy habits so you can lose extra weight and gain more health while cultivating joy. Be sure you are following the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, let's dive into this week's topic. This information is for educational and informational purposes only and solely as a self-help tool for your own use. I am not providing medical, psychological, or nutrition therapy advice. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat any health problems or illnesses without consulting your own medical practitioner. Always seek the advice of your own medical practitioner and or mental health provider about your specific health situation. For my full disclaimer, please go to www.joyfulweightloss.com forward slash disclaimer. Hello and welcome back. I hope that everyone is doing well, that y'all have had a great week. If you have not listened to my episode from last week, um, I would recommend you go back and listen to that first because it is kind of a two-part series with this episode. Um, if you don't want to do that, it's fine. You can listen to it later, but they kind of go together. So I think you'd find it helpful to listen to both in sequence. And a number of things that I reference in today's episode will allude to things I already talked about last week. So all that being said, um, today what I'm going to be talking about is more Um, thoughts I have after reading an article about mindsets and healthy behaviors. Um, And that article, as I described last week, is from the, well, let me find the journal article here. It's from the journal called Frontiers in Psychology. And the article is written by a Boles, D'Souza, Turnwald, Horry, and at all. So a number of other people as well. And it is called can exercising and eating healthy be fun and indulgent, instead of boring and depriving, targeting mindsets about the process of engaging in healthy behaviors. So today I'm going to talk about the angles um, that this uh, article kind of discusses in regards to our mindsets surrounding making healthy food choices. Um, and how we can take what the study authors found and um, other thoughts I have and apply them to our situations to help us actually enjoy the process of what we're doing um, to obtain the long-term health. Um, So one thing I noticed in this article that I thought was interesting is it points out in the introduction that in other cultures, like France and Japan, they point out as examples, Children are raised to enjoy the process and moments of different tastes and healthy foods and that eating those healthy foods and tasting those different flavors are enjoyable and social and relaxing and special. And kids grow up in some other cultures kind of associating those foods with pleasure. Um, Whereas in our culture, at least my experience has been, the culture kind of encourages the other kind of foods as enjoyable and kind of paints the picture of the quote, quote, healthy choices kind of being the less enjoyable option. Um, And where that inserted itself into our, you know, how old we were when we kind of began to think that way, I, I don't really know for me, maybe, you know, maybe you can identify it. But I think overall, um, as a nation, most of us probably, Um, have had that experience. Um, So, you know, 
In the previous episode, I talked about um, what the study authors found in regards to the mindset impacts on physical activity and exercise and how much of a major impact it made when the participants in their, one of their studies um, had just a 10-minute kind of mindset reset talk from the authors of the study that helped them think through how they view the act and the process of exercise. And it made significant differences in the long-term, you know, participation of those um, study participants in the exercise program. They showed up for their current, um, you know, routine of exercise more um, to a greater degree than those who got just a health-focused talk. And seven weeks later, they, they were three times higher odds of them signing up for more exercise than was the group that got just the healthy behavior talk. So the mindset we have surrounding our behaviors really makes an impact on the long-term consistency that we can obtain. So um, what what I what I saw is I read this in regards to so basically the study authors did the journal article authors did three different studies kind of examining the impact of mindset and the first study was more a question of could they change could people change their mindsets. Um, which they found that those um, participants could change their mindsets surrounding um, the process of healthy behaviors um, and that they could have an influence on their um, on their future behavior. So um, then the second study, um, which I talked about last week was about physical exercise. And then today I'm going to focus more on the third study they did, which looked at the impact of different food options, the mindsets surrounding different food options and what the participants chose after shift take having a mindset talk about those. So what they did in the third study involved a, a lot of younger people than the second study, which was about physical exercise. This one involved um, students, about 180 students, um, and they were most, they were adolescents from middle schools between the ages of 13 and 14. Um, I have two middle schoolers, so, um, that's quite a group to take on in regards to healthy eating choices, right? I mean, <laughs> in my mind, that feels like the most challenging group, but maybe that's just my bias here. Um, what, what they did was they wanted to find out if, um, if mindsets about healthy eating could be changed. And so what they did was they had some of the participants get what they called an appeal focused condition, um, which basically they designed to create the mindset, hopefully, or evoke the mindset that healthy eating is appealing. Okay, so the instructor of the the students that were because they were split into two groups, the instructor of that group, the appeal eating, the appealing eating group. Um, kind of showcased that there were social aspects and fun and tasty aspects to healthy eating. Um, what they did was they had a group discussion about students' favorite dishes. And then whenever anyone mentioned um, something appealing about the healthy dishes, they kind of highlighted those. Um, they talked about any mentions of fruit and vegetables were kind of amplified and the enjoyable aspects were amplified. And then um, – then they discussed all the social aspects of healthy eating, like sharing recipes, um, all the different fun they see when people post on social media good recipes, how it's social. They, they focused on celebration times of year where there's seasonal um, 
different fruits and, and produce available like squashes in the fall and melons in the summer. Um, and so when each fruit and vegetable was presented, the attention of the students was directed to the food's rich flavor um, and to its um, kind of to, to highlight the appealing nature of the food, like its color and texture. So also um, the people in that kind of appealing mindset about food section um, had an opportunity to sample fruits and vegetables. And when they were enjoying it, everybody kind of, you know, or the the people teaching the course um, kind of highlighted the special features, the sensory appeal of the things, you know, they talked about how jacama, jacama, I can't pronounce it, jacama, jacama sticks, if if they are a refreshing snack on a warm, sunny day when they're served cold. That's a quote from the study of what they said. As an example, um, I have never had jacama sticks on a cold, uh, eaten cold on a warm day, but now I kind of want to. So I think I'm going to need to find some jacama before the, and I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong, before summer comes, I'm going to have to find some and try it and see if it is a refreshing snack on a warm day. Um, but that's the kind of descriptors they use. They really amped up just the talk about the beauty and the taste and the freshness and the crispness and the texture. Um, and then they had a, a recipe that they made as a group, uh, a smoothie recipe, and they focused on how colorful it was, how delicious it was. Um, they were given samples in class and they were given the recipe to make at home. Okay. The other half of the students were given the health focused condition or the health focused kind of class talk that they did. And in that class, when they talked about the group discussion about healthy dishes, they highlighted the health benefits, they highlighted the nutrition, they highlighted the nutrition profiles, maybe nutritional data. Um, they praised the vegetables and fruits for being low sugar, low fat, low calorie, and then reviewed strategies for increasing the fruits and vegetables, um, like meal prepping. Um, they talked about students learning to monitor how often they ate fruits and vegetables and how to do portion control, how to decide what is a serving of vegetables and fruit. Um, and then when they did the food sampling, because they did food sampling in that class too, they were presented as healthy alternatives to junk food. So, um, and they were described about their nutrition content and their health benefits. And, you know, that, and then they did give them the green smoothie and they made it in class. Um, it was demonstrated and, and they focused on abiding by proper measurements with the recipe instead of talking about the amazing beauty and texture and stuff like they did in the other class. So it was very kind of scientific, their approach was, um, as I read this, it sounds like. And they, when they, even the title of the recipe, it was called the healthy green smoothie um, that was given to each student to take home. Um, and they were given samples in class and encouraged to make it at home as well. So what happened in these two groups? What difference did it make? Whether the, if the students were given a talk that described the um, appeal and the, you know, enjoyment of these fruits and vegetables versus if they were t given the scientific health data of these vegetables and fruits. Um, well, what happened is um, it, this, this was not as strong a difference in this particular study as it was in the study I discussed last week. Um, and they did correspond with more participants consuming vegetable samples. There were definitely more sampling in class in the group where um, these students were given kind of an appealing talk about how appealing and delicious and amazing and indulgent these foods are. Um, 
more of those kids sampled the fruits and vegetables than did this the class that had the health-focused, data-focused talk. Um, and then when they went home, about um, they were at an increased likeliness um, to try making the smoothie recipe at home. The students that were in that um, you know positive mindset section of the of the group, they were more likely to try the smoothie recipe at home than the class that had the scientific evidence talk about the food. So, you know, it basically highlighting the immediately appealing attributes of healthy foods um, induced greater changes toward um, an appealing mindset about the process of eating healthy um, than did the kind of dietary guidelines nutritional talk. Um, so, and there was more sampling of fruits and vegetables. There was more students' willingness to try it at home. But interestingly, there wasn't a big difference in the self-reported amounts of fruits and vegetables intake one week later. So they didn't see a massive long-term kind of change in this particular group. Um, And it may be, you know, that there were some weaknesses to this study is what the authors speculated. That's kind of their thoughts that um, they didn't have as as much return on... um, well, I guess I'd say they, they kind of had a good number of students that were kind of lost to follow up a week later, which I think kind of when you're working with middle school students, that's probably not surprising. <laughs> so, you know, we don't see quite as big an impact in this particular study in regards to um, the long term changes. But there are other data that exist that really show us that having a relaxing and indulgent view of eating healthy can pay huge dividends in terms of our long term desire to eat those foods. Um, So, you know, what can we do? What can we do day to day to improve the way we look at making these healthy food choices um, as something we take pleasure in? Um, You know, one, one quote that I often refer back to, it's actually hanging in my laundry room because laundry used to be something I dreaded. It's a quote by a writer named Anne Voskamp. Um, But it says, to love your life, do nothing with rush or resentment, but do everything as if you love it. So like I said, it's in my laundry room. And when I take a minute to read that and I think about whatever I'm doing, whether it's mundane um, and tedious or whether it's, um, you know, something maybe not so mundane or tedious, but just something I do a lot that I kind of want to get over with so I can move on to something more interesting. Um, If I take the time to not rush it, to not resent it, but to do it as if I love it, over time, I actually begin to love it. So that's happened with laundry. That's happened with other kind of household sort of tasks. And I've even tried it with, you know, meal prepping, things that are healthy behaviors, healthy planning of food, um, and gotten to where I like chopping. You know, it used to be, I dreaded how many vegetables and, and, and things you had to chop to prepare a healthy meal. There's this one place I read a saying, you are what you chop. And that seems to somehow be the case sometimes when you're looking at how many vegetables you get in and that kind of thing. But um, chopping can be fun as well if you just decide not to resent it, but to enjoy the process and decide to do it as if you love it. Um, Sometimes you don't love something. But if you take a step back and ask yourself, what if I did love it? What would that be like? Um, What if I looked for something in it to enjoy? 
uh, that can really help shift to where you, instead of looking for fault, your brain can begin searching for pleasure in it. Um, and that can happen with food. That's worked for me with various foods. There are a lot of foods I didn't want to try because I didn't think I'd like them. And then I tried them and I was right. I didn't like them. But then I decided to try again and again. And over time, you know, foods that I don't love, you know, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cauliflower. I never used to like eating those at all. Um, now I really like them a lot. I actually totally enjoy eating those vegetables. Um, but it was definitely not always that way. And deciding to give it a chance, deciding to look for the good in it to try until I found a way that I liked them, that's what helped. And when you can get to a place, when I can get to a place where eating the healthy thing is also something that feels indulgent, that I look forward to, um, that I find delicious, that is when all of the things that need to happen can kind of shift into place for your lifestyle to change and for it to become easier to stay on the path where you're caring and stewarding for your health in a way that's consistent. So um, <laughs> taking the time to savor the gift of right now, of what's right in front of you, of the day-to-day -day process itself, not just looking forward to the outcome you can get to where you've achieved a healthy weight or you've achieved um, the fitness level you want, but actually appreciating the gift in the process day by day. That's what will make things work and line up easily and well for consistency. Um, another book, I, I, I say another, one of the books I really enjoy is Atomic Habits by James Clear. And in that book, he talks about the idea of falling in love with the process instead of just the outcome. If you can find a way to enjoy the process of getting healthier, you will be more successful at consistently doing those things. And eventually it will be easier to get healthier. Um, in this study that I was talking about today and yesterday, the study authors actually even use the words process mindset in discussing um, the healthy activities they talked about, the food, the movement, these are processes. And if we can view our movements each day, if we can view our nourishment each day, not as stepping stones to a place where we one day get to enjoy life when we get there, but instead, we can view the actual life, including those processes that we enjoy right now, we, we get to move, we get to exercise, we get to savor the taste of this crunchy vegetable, this chilled berry. Um, cultivating the habit of looking at these processes as enjoyable, indulgent, rich, relaxing, social, and, and wonderful experiences can direct our brains to look at them this way. It's like it's like finding a way to put on rose-colored glasses and suddenly everything you look at becomes a gift. So it's worth trying. It's worth trying if you haven't because it's it's worked for me. It's worked for others. Um, another thing I want to touch on in regards to this idea is something I've mentioned in a previous episode that um, in a previous episode, I talked about confirmation bias. Okay, confirmation bias. Um, our, so our brains are always looking for information that will confirm what the brain already believes to be true. So if you believe 
that everybody's out, that everything's going wrong and your life is a disaster, your brain will always be looking for things that confirm that. You will look for all the things that go wrong. You will look, you will look for all the small things that seem to be disasters. Or if you go through life thinking everything is a gift, this is amazing, then when things do go wrong, you will see where the silver lining is. You will tend to be the person that sees beauty and opportunity in missteps and in mistakes. So, you know, when you look at the situations I'm talking about today and yes, today and last week in regards to our mindsets around healthy habits, if you can come to believe that exercise is fun and relaxing and that eating healthy is indulgent and delicious, then your brain will eventually get to a point that while you are doing those activities, your brain will be looking for evidence to confirm that you're right. And that's when you can get confirmation bias working in your favor, where your brain is confirming what you're thinking. So the practicing of the thoughts about the good parts of what you're doing, just kind of push those thoughts that are not happy about what you're doing that's healthy to the side and focus on the good parts. That, you know, your brain will then start to remind you, you'll be outside, you'll be exercising, your brain will be like, look, the sun feels good on our skin. This is great. And that'll be a confirmation that, yeah, you were right to think that going on a walk would be relaxing. It, it's true. And then you'll notice the birds are singing. And you'll be like, see, there again, there's another reason to enjoy exercise. And suddenly it's all going to start being easier. You just have to take the time to make a practice of adjusting your mindset surrounding what you're doing. So if the end goal is not that we simply endure healthy habits, but actually enjoy the healthy habits, wouldn't that be just so much easier? So that's my challenge for y'all today. Think about the ways you enjoy the healthy food. Think about the healthy foods you love. Think about what you enjoy about how you eat them, who you eat them with, um, planning them. What can you do to enjoy them more and to focus on the enjoyment? All that being said, I hope this has been helpful. Um, I hope that y'all have a great week and I will talk to you again next week. Thank you for joining me today. If you've enjoyed this, I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things. First, please leave a review for me. This is how people find the podcast. Secondly, y'all sharing is caring. You can actually easily share this episode or a podcast entirely with a friend. Just text it to them. Lastly, if you're looking for more encouragement and direction from me, go sign up for my free newsletter. It's called The Extra Helping. You can go to www.joyfulweightloss.com. That's joyful spelled with two L's. And then when you're there, click on The Extra Helping to sign up. That's all for now, y'all. Don't forget to be sure you're subscribed and tune in again next week for more.